Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, watching the podcast, our YouTube feed. Subscribe to the 94 WIP YouTube page. Myself and Tucker Bagley putting up video podcasts. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving weekend. And I'm sure it was uh, it was good at the end. No matter how it was in the beginning, it was good in the end. As the Eagles do it again, 37-34 in overtime. This team's 10-1. And one. and, and, I, and like it's it's my job. It's, it's Tucker's job. It's all of our jobs at WIP. And obviously doing a podcast every day to give you reasons why. And I have some, but I also don't know how they're doing this. I mean, this is remarkable what we're watching right now. The Eagles have been outgained by an average of 109 yards over the last four weeks. They've won every game. They've gone down 10 and won every game. They just find a way again yesterday, a tale of two halves as the Eagles were putrid in the first half. I mean, Jalen Hurts, we'll start with him because I think last night was his MVP moment, his MVP second half, his MVP overtime, his MVP drive, as now he is you know close to even money to win the 2023 NFL MVP award on FanDuel. But in the first half, he was abysmal. His pass rating was seven, not like 37, not 57. It was seven in the first half. They couldn't move the football through the air. He had an interception. They looked completely out of, you know, just disjointed. I mean, they just didn't couldn't do anything on offense in the first half of the game. And then the second half rolled around, and Jalen Hurts was remarkable. He went 14 to 20, kind of for four touchdowns after halftime. Just a tremendous, tremendous game by Hurts in the second half. When they needed it, he did it. And that's what he just seems to do all the time. I, I, you know, there are some elements of his game this year that I think have grown from last year. Some have regressed. He's obviously turned the football over way too much this season, put it in harm's way. But he has these, this ability to make these plays in moments where the Eagles need him more than anything. And he never lets a bad play snowball. It's never, it never goes from, hey, a, a, a bad throw, a, a, you know, a fumble, an interception, whatever, there's something truly snowballing and ruining the game. That that's what's been remarkable. The steely focus of Hertz is off the charts. The throw, the touchdown throw he had to Alameda Zacchaeus to give the Eagles the lead to put him up 28-24 in the fourth quarter is one of the best throws I've ever seen an Eagles quarterback make. When you like just think about everything in that play as he gets flushed to his left. So he's, you know, away from his throwing arm. He's going the opposite direction. He he runs, if you go rewatch that play, probably about he scrambles about 20 yards across the width of the field. He stops, you know, he has to kind of stop his momentum because he wants to throw instead of just cut up the field to run. He stops as a defender is, you know, coming pretty hard at him. He points and and basically tells Zacchaeus where to go and where he's going to put the football. And then he throws it as, you know, basically dead stop, defender coming at him. He throws the ball 40 yards from where he, I think he's, you know, he's standing about the 34, 35 yard line. That ball goes to the middle of the end zone on a dime to Zacchaeus over two defenders. It's one of the greatest throws I've ever seen an Eagles quarterback make. I mean, Nick Foles had five or six of those in his time. Where I'm like, how did he make that throw? Obviously, the Super Bowl, it, you know, it's quite a few of those throws, like the Corey Clement throw in the back of the end zone. Wentz had a couple in his career that were like, wow, you know, Aguilar in Seattle, the Miles Sanders throw uh, to the back corner of the end zone against Washington. Donovan had some big-time throws, the scramble play against Dallas. Obviously, Randall Cunningham against the Bills. I mean, you could go and pick out 
five or six or seven or eight amazing throws Eagles quarterbacks have made over the last 30 years. That throw is on it. That The touch, the timing, the the I mean, throw in the rain, too. And the fact that they're losing in the fourth quarter to the Buffalo Bills, what a performance. And then his legs yesterday, Jalen Hurts' legs, you know, did, you know, they were better yesterday. So Hurts is amazing, MVP kind of moment. And the team itself, like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team have more resiliency than the 2023 Eagles. Are they the best Eagles team of all time? I don't know. We're, we're, we're kind of playing that out. If they finish the stretch undefeated and go in the playoffs and win the whole thing, we're going to call them that. But, you know, I, all I know is this. They have more resiliency within games than any team I've ever seen. The 2017 Eagles were very resilient because they overcame significant injuries, including a quarterback that was on the path to winning an MVP, and they won it anyway. And in a tight game in the Super Bowl, they found a way. And in a tight game in Los Angeles, they found a way. But a lot of their wins that year, kind of similar to last year with the Eagles, were by blowout fashion. They were just the best team. They blew the doors off teams. They were up. They stayed up. And they, they just, like, stepped on teams' throats. And their resiliency was more within the week, overcoming this injury, whether it be Jason Peters or Jordan Hicks or, you know, obviously Carson Wentz. That, that was their adversity. Could Foles do it? That was the 2017 team's adversity. This team has in-game adversity more than any team I've ever seen. Again, they've been outgained by almost 110 yards a game for four straight weeks and have won every game. I've never seen it like this in the NFL. So people last time were pointing out to me, well, have you watched the Steelers this year? Because they've had a weird year where they keep getting outgained. Not yesterday, but in general, and they keep winning. So I went back through their box scores. That's happened to them once. 100 yards outgained and won. That was week two against the Browns. it doesn't happen. I mean, they're outgained by like 20, 30, 15, 11, you know, outgained, but by a little bit each week. And they they come out on the right side of a coin flip. The Eagles are being outgained by a ton and winning the game. They're doing the little things to win, even when the big things are going against them. All right, so Hertz is amazing. You know, MVP moment yesterday. The other guy to shout out in a significant way is Jake Elliott. You know, after the game last night, Sirianni said he there's no kicker he'd rather have. And he's going to say that about his guy, obviously. But to say that in a league where Justin Tucker exists is is pretty amazing. I mean, it's like saying at any point during Tom Brady's best, there's no quarterback you'd rather have than your guy when Brady's in the league. That, that's that's what Tony Tucker's the best kicker ever. And I know he's missed a couple this year, but it's not like he's fallen off here. You know, that's just it shows. And I'm not saying this to say, you know, how can Sirianni say this? I'm just saying, like, the fact that we're there that we're in this mode where he could say that out loud and not be laughed out of the room shows how amazing you know he is. I mean, he's nine for nine now, Jake Elliott, in game-winning or tying field goals in his career, and he's perfect in his career for 59 yards and above. That kick, you know, I made the point of the Hurts touchdown throw to Zacchaeus when you factor everything in, including the rain and the wind and the opponent, all that. That kick was ridiculous. When you factor everything in there, the fact that he made that kick in that moment was off the charts. It was off the charts considering the weather and the moment last night. The guy's unbelievable. I mean, I just you just know he's going to make it. He's by far, it's not even close now with him and David Akers. He is by far the best kicker in Eagles history. Right, a couple more things I wanted to, to, to kind of just bring up here because I got kind of stream of conscious off of an amazing victory by the Eagles, and we'll bring Tucker in here. So a couple things. One, the Bills – I think there's a lesson to be learned watching the Bills yesterday and the Eagles beat them. And, you know, we could go to the the Eagles are winners. They're not. There's a similarity between them and the Cowboys in which they look great. They can be great, but they seem to just come up short in these big moments. That's kind of the 
the MO of this particular Bills team. But there's also another lesson I think we need to keep in the back of our heads, and hopefully the Eagles do as we get closer to January here. The windows in the NFL close fast, and you got to win one while you have your window open. And there are rare teams. The Patriots were that. The Chiefs are probably it now that the window just stays wide open. But it doesn't stay wide open for everyone. Think about the Seattle Seahawks or Russell Wilson. It really started to close after those back-to-back Super Bowl trips. They made the playoffs. They weren't really a Super Bowl team after that. The Bills, their window started shutting when they lost that classic game in Kansas City a few years ago. And now they're going backwards. And I think it's very likely they missed the playoffs, even though they're dangerous and they could beat anybody. Look at the way they played yesterday. Look at Allen. I mean, that guy's, you know, he's, he's got immense talent. But they're probably going to miss the playoffs with their schedule and having six losses already. So the window in the NFL, you think it's wide open, and then it slowly starts to close here. The Eagles have to capitalize on what they've got right now, and they have to find a way to, to win a Super Bowl here and to finish this thing off. A couple more guys I wanted to shout out. Great game by Jalen Carter. I mean, two missed field goals there by the Bills changed the game, and the block field goal, obviously, was a game changer. The Jordan Davis hustle play. Late in the in the overtime session, where Allen is scrambling on second and ten, you go rewatch the replay on that. Jordan Davis took an incredible angle, and what crazy athleticism to chase down Josh Allen, and it kind of forced Allen to flatten it out and get to the sideline. If if Jordan Davis doesn't get to him as quickly as he does, I believe Allen gets up the field. I think it's Nicholas Morrow who's the only player in range, and I just have no faith that Morrow is going to take down Josh Allen in the open field. He probably runs for a first down. And it sets them up with a first down and a bunch of cracks at the end zone to win the game. And Hurts never gets the ball in overtime. That was a game-saving play. It reminded me a little bit of the Brandon Graham play to get Dak to step out of bounds on the two-point conversion in the Cowboy game. Just like inches, just little things win and lose these games. And the Eagles always seem to be on the right side in the second half of these games on them, including a coaching decision. Sean McDermott, I mean, I think he's going to get fired after this year in Buffalo. I can't believe that he would have had about 25 or so seconds to go and, and two timeouts that he, one, he chose to use a, a timeout to ice the kicker, uh, Elliott, before overtime. But then two, just to take the knee. You have Josh Allen. You have Josh Allen as one of the biggest arms in the NFL. The Eagles pass defense has been allowing like 400 yards a week. I was shocked they didn't take a shot there with timeouts to try to get the ball into field goal range before the end of regulation. It, it was it was a crazy end of that game like I was like they're just comfortable with overtime against the Eagles that was absolutely nuts absolutely nuts and quickly and then we'll get all Tucker's thoughts on this game and the win and a 10 and 1 team right now that is a two-game cushion for the number one seed um obviously Niners and Cowboys are coming up we'll do more on that in the Niners game a ton uh, the rest of this week on WIP and, and on this show the Eagles are underdogs right now so the, the look ahead was Eagles minus one and a half it went to 49ers Minus two last night. It's 49ers minus one and a half as we record this on a Monday morning. It is, if it closes as the Eagles are a dog, I think it's going to be historic in terms of a 10 and one team being a home dog. I, I was trying to go through this this morning. I, the only times I can remember a team 10 and one or better being an underdog in the last 15, 20 years. Um, the 10 and two Vikings were underdogs in Detroit last year, but that was 10 and two, not 10 and one. Uh, in 2019, 10 and 1 49ers underdogs against a 9 and 2 Ravens team in Baltimore around this time of the year. And then you got to go back to right around it was I think it was the first game that Aaron Rodgers played. It was 2007. He came in the game for Favre at one point Favre came out. It was a 10 and 1 
uh, Packers team at a, I think I think a nine and two Cowboy team like around this time of the year 07 and home field was in the line and all that kind of stuff um, and Favre came out of that game but that's 2007 it's been a long time and none of those were at home those teams were all on the road so a 10 and one home underdog I believe would be pretty historic we'll see where that game closes what a game what a game what a season it's been as Tucker I feel like we do the same episode every week. It's just different bullet points that we hit on the game. But usually it involves Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just finding a way as they are 10-1 and one now. It's it's remarkable. Yeah, it's shocking. And it's something you see in college football, but never the NFL, right? I mean, this is a team, they, they were down 10 at the half and wasn't really worried. And I think that's a testament to Jalen Hurts of all the things that he does well on the football field. Nick Sirianni actually had a, an interview with ESPN um, pre-game yesterday during Sunday NFL Countdown where they asked him about Jalen Hurts and he said he does so many amazing things in the football field but he asked anybody who knows him they don't even mention that when you ask his best qualities right they talk about his leadership his impact on the locker room the way he's just so respected by everybody on that team and for me I, I think the best thing about Jalen Hurts is just how unbothered he gets and you know I texted you at halftime that this is the worst I think we've ever seen him play and I know I said the same thing last week after the first half against the Chiefs on Monday night. And I also had little doubt in my mind that he'd figure it out. I mean, the way he's just so stoic through all the adversity that he faces, whether it's self-inflicted or otherwise, I mean, that offense was terrible. I mean, they, they looked absolutely dead in the water against a defense that isn't really that great in Buffalo. And then second half comes out and they just casually drop 24 points to, to get back in the game. They kick a 59-yard field goal. I mean, their ability to consistently overcome, you know, penalties and turnovers and, and, you know, bad plays. I mean, Kelsey had two false starts on the final four offensive plays of the game, and it still didn't matter because Jake Elliott came in and bailed him out with the 59-yard field goal. And then Kelsey had a huge block on the game-winning touchdown just to spring hurts on that quarterback draw. It's just the way this team is built right now, the fact that they have somebody who can pick up Anybody, when, when they mess up, and whether that's Jalen Hurts, whether that's the wide receiver, someone like Devontae Smith, who really carried the load last week and had another big game this week, it's just, you almost run out of words to, to say. You run out, it, it becomes cliche, but they just win every week. And that's pretty much it. And I don't know if they're this amazing. Maybe they are. And maybe the fact that they haven't won any blowout games is impressive, but it's just it's crazy to watch this team every week knowing going into every game they're probably just going to figure it out and win. That's been the season. I mean, every game except the Tampa game, it's been a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They're the first team in NFL history to go to win their first four games of a season when trailing by double digits. It is remarkable. They're 10 and 1. They've given themselves a cushion here. You know, they don't have to beat both the Niners and Cowboys the next two weeks to get the number 1 seed. They probably only have to win one of the next two games. And they're going to be in really good shape to get the one. See, obviously, when both, they're going to have this thing wrapped up pretty quickly here. But they've given themselves question. And they, they just win. I mean, we, we're all running out of ways to say it. Is it sustainable? I don't know. I mean, they're 10-1. and one. I mean, you would think by this point, it would have come back to bite them. But they find a way. The quarterback is unflappable. They have so many good players. And there is a resiliency to this team that I've never seen in really all my years watching the NFL, but certainly watching the Eagles, I've never seen a team this resilient within the game. It goes bad. They go down. No big deal. They got it. They'll find a way to win. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, and, and following, of course, WIP Daily. We'll talk tomorrow, I'm sure, about a 10-1 and Eagles team as they get ready for a huge game 
against the 49ers right here in Philadelphia. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk soon.